Let's dive right into these candidate introductions. We are excited to be bringing you introductions to the candidates in our community over the air. We've been enjoying the days of getting these candidate introductions out to you, and uh, we're now getting pretty close to early voting. We're a little over a week and a half from early voting at this point, so we're going to keep those candidate intros coming. We welcome each candidate into our studios, ask them a series of questions pertaining to their races and their campaigns. They're limited in how long they can discuss each issue. We're trying to keep the whole thing to five minutes per candidate. But you can head to chapelboro.com and find links to every candidate's campaign website. You can find the questions we ask, and you can find all the candidate intros for each race that has already aired on the radio. There's only one mayoral race in our community that has multiple candidates running, and it is pretty much the marquee race of this election season. Chapel Hill mayoral race is highlighted by two current town council members with different visions for how the local government should be approaching its future. We're going to hear from each one of them during the show today. That was current Chapel Hill town council member Adam Searing. He is a candidate for Chapel Hill mayor. We will hear from his opponent in that race, Jess Anderson. You can also tune in tomorrow as we begin airing introductions to the many candidates running for the Chapel Hill Carborough City School Board of Education. Speaking of those local elections, endorsements are in from the Center for Biological Diversity Action Fund. They have endorsed Adam Searing for Chapel Hill Mayor, as well as the slate of council candidates that he mentioned, Renuka Soul, David Adams, Breckany Eckhart, and Elizabeth Sharp. Their endorsement was motivated by candidates' position on the cleanup of coal ash at the police station site. In a statement, the Action Fund's director, Perrine DeJong, said, This slate would give Chapel Hill the progressive votes needed to ensure that the coal ash is completely removed and safely disposed of from the police station property before any redevelopment takes place. Keeping it with local government now, we've got a whole bunch of meetings on the agenda for the week. Hillsborough Board of Commissioners, Orange County School Board, and Pittsburgh Board of Commissioners all meet tonight. The Board of Orange County Commissioners meet tomorrow night, as does the Carborough Town Council, and the Chapel Hill Town Council meets on Wednesday, as well as the Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools meeting on Thursday. You can find links to the agendas for all of these meetings at chapelboro.com. Some other election-adjacent news, Josh Stein will be in Pittsburgh tomorrow. We at the S&T Soda Shop for a law enforcement roundtable. And finally, North Carolina Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey will be honoring 15 Orange County Fire Service personnel. Each recipient has between 41 and 53 years of service in their departments. Congratulations to them. Time now for sports, and it's going to be fun to talk about this football game. So let's get started there. Tar Heels up to 12th in the nation after defeating Syracuse handily over the weekend. It isn't often that a player's highly anticipated season debut comes in the fifth game of the season, but that is what happened this weekend as well. A bunch of added drama around this one. UNC football Saturday against Syracuse had receiver Tez Walker finally suiting up for the Tar Heels after being declared eligible by the NCAA earlier in the week. 97.9 The Hills' Michael Coe got reactions from the team after the win against the Orange. When the news dropped on Thursday that Tez Walker's contentious eligibility battle with the NCAA was finally over, the highly touted receiver was sitting in class. It isn't often that head coach Mack Brown will deliberately make his players miss class, 
but this time the Hall of Famer had to pull rank. We have to try to get him out of class because the NCAA was going to release a statement at 1245 and we didn't want him to read it. We didn't want his family to read it. So we actually had to find him, get him over, try to tell him right quick before it was announced, then tell our team because we like to tell them before things are announced. And, and then we thought he, he and Lonnie Galloway went immediately downstairs and started working on game plan stuff. The countdown was on. Walker had approximately 48 hours to shed his scout team duties and prepare to play against a tough Syracuse defense. Brown, meanwhile, was faced with a dilemma. How much to use Walker when Carolina's other receivers had been playing well? We decided we weren't going to start him and we were going to play him, but we wanted to work him in. We didn't want him to be overwhelmed with just uh, being thrown out there. And then the, the fans responded to him so well uh, because the story is, is so important that uh, I, I don't know if I could have handled it with the, all the emotion going on. And I thought he, he, he did so well. As Brown referenced, Walker was greeted with loud cheers when he first subbed in on offense. Every catch, short or long, drew an ovation. And despite Walker not starting, quarterback Drake May still targeted him eight times. His six catches ranked second on the team. May was no doubt happy to have what many believed would be his number one weapon back in the offensive fold, but he said afterward the biggest positive was just getting to spend more time with his friend. I told him out there in the huddle one time, you know, I think late in the either third quarter or fourth quarter, you know, I just said it's glad to have you out here. You know, it's a blast. And, you know, he brings so much joy to this team. And like I said, he's he's been on the sidelines at games or he hasn't been eligible, putting a smile on his face. You know, he's still getting a chance about free Tez and he's still getting the loudest cheer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for that. Loudest cheer over. Even teammates who don't share the field with Walker, like linebacker and fellow Charlotte native Cedric Gray, said they felt the impact of his return to action. Just as a brother and as a friend, I know it was kind of eating him up, not being able to play. So I'm just really happy to have him back, happy that he got his feet wet a little bit today. Um, so just, just real good to have him back. Walker guessed he had around a dozen family members, including his beloved grandmother, in attendance at the game. During his eligibility battle, Walker noted how his grandmother had never seen him play at Kent State due to health issues preventing her from traveling up to Ohio. Now, with Walker just a couple of hours away from her hometown of Charlotte, his grandmother got to see him play college football for the first time ever. She also got to see Walker lead the team out onto the field waving the North Carolina state flag, a pregame honor only bestowed on a few Tar Heels. Unlike the news of his eligibility, this was something Carolina kept as a surprise. Walker said it was a dream come true. Yeah, that was that was dope. I see they had it in my locker before pregame and pregame, so thought that was dope. They let me um, run out with the flag. It's, it's a great honor um, being from here, growing up in the state. Um, everybody in the state dreams of running out the flag at this university. Now Walker will get what he was robbed of for two months: a normal week of preparation with the team. It isn't known yet whether Walker will move into the starting role when the Tar Heels host Miami on Saturday night, but whenever and wherever he plays, the team will be happy to have him back. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Michael Coe. Thank you, Michael. More from that football game today. Drake May was named ACC Quarterback of the Week, and his favorite target from the weekend, Nate McCullum, earned ACC Receiver of the Week honors. Congratulations to them. May also named to the D.V. O'Brien Great Eight and the Manning Awards Star of the Week list. So congratulations to Drake May. 
Busy weekend outside of football as well. Men's soccer fell to defending national champ Syracuse on Friday night 1-0. Women's soccer beat Miami on Friday, then battled Duke to a 1-1 draw on Sunday. That's their fifth draw of the year already. Field hockey also had an up-and-down weekend, dispatching Boston College on Friday 3-1, and then falling late to Liberty at home on Sunday. That is their second loss of the season.